Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. Um, hey, Leah, how are you? I'm good, Becky. How are you? Pretty good. I'm super excited to be here tonight. Um, our guest for this episode is author Marla Holt. Uh, do you want to read us her bio, Miss Leah? Sure. Marla Holt believes in second chances, romance, and the radical notion that everyone deserves a happily ever after. She's living her own fairy tale, writing contemporary romance novels in her Kansas farmhouse with her husband, three boys, two cats, some mouthy chickens, and a flock of imaginary sheep. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Marla. <laughs> We're going to need to know about the sheep. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, way back in the day, um, I had my own um, independent yarn company. Um, that was my sort of first entrepreneurial endeavor because um, I'm, I'm a knitter and fiber artist and all that stuff. So, and I always really, really, really wanted sheep. Um, and so, uh, and we moved into our house not about a year and a half ago. And so, and we have space for sheep. We're in the, we have about 10 acres, but we don't have, we're just not we don't there have yet. The sheep yet. We don't have the sheep yet. So I just look out, the, my desk looks out onto a great big picture window and I can see like the front half of the property. And so I just, you know, I'll, I'll watch the chickens run by and then I'll just imagine the sheep will be over there in the corner, <laughs> like eating the grass so then I don't have to mow it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. So funny story. One time. So we live in, I live in Ohio and we were driving over to Cleveland to the clinic, a hospital over there. And we're driving through the inner city, like the Cleveland clinic is in inner city, Cleveland. We're driving through where their international gardens are and out of the corner of my eye, cause I was driving out of the corner of my eye, I see a flock of sheep. Like <laughs> I swear to God, downtown Cleveland flock of sheep. Wow. <laughs> Husband did not believe me. He's like, whatever you're on drugs. You're so stupid. They weren't <laughs> sheep. I'm like, dude, that was a flock of sheep. And he's like, no. So then we get to the clinic and we're all settled in and I, Google flock of sheep in Cleveland. It is this whole movement called urban sheep flocks. They bring them in. To, if there's like lots of demolition of homes and, mm. you know, big empty lots from buildings that have come down, they bring in urban sheep flocks to help maintain the grass. Um, That's awesome. In the area. So there are flocks of sheep in downtown Cleveland unexpected right just so we know <laughs> <laughs> so we are so happy to have you here uh we are excited to talk about you and your stories i titled this episode the temptation of taboo because do you like the title <laughs> That's very um, nice. i'm trying to get more creative with our titles but All um alliteration yeah you <laughs> kind of like you kind of like to write the books that you shouldn't be writing yeah that's a good, good note. <laughs> that's a... So let's yeah, get to. I kind of, you... I kind of panic every time I publish a book. Like, is this going to be the book that gets me banned from, you know, life? <laughs> they're not like they're not the kind of books that are going to get me banned from Amazon for like having bad things in them. But they're definitely the kind of books where I can see people getting angry with me on. Or at least that's the fear, you know, as the author. So. Well, not every book is for everybody, but your books are for me. So we'll oh. just go with that. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about your writing process a little bit. Are you a pantser or a planner? I am 
So I do not plot. I find plotting, like sitting down and writing out an outline or whatever, that part is very boring to me. <laughs> but um, I do have sort of like an, an extended contemplation process where like my, na- my, uh, my next release, my upcoming book, Temptation, is a book that took me about two to three years worth of just like having these ideas and not quite sure how they all fit together yet and just kind of mulling it over in my head while I wrote other books. And then I was, you know, I was finally ready to sit down and bring it together after. Yeah. So do you kind of have like where, where you start the book and where you want the book to end and then just kind of fill it in as you go or? Um, once I start writing, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do that, but I think there's, there's this whole ideation thing where it's like, where it's like, oh, I had this dream about a preacher at a strip club. And then I had, you know, and then um, I used to, the there's a um, a bar in Temptation that is very similar to the place I used to work, um, where it is the fact that it had two faces, you know, so, um, and so like there's, there's the experience working there and how, you know, just how, how places like that can become really central to a group of people um and then you know and then there's just yeah just all the different themes and like wanting to tackle these things but not sure what story they fit in and yeah it's just it's a long contemplation process for me and then once (laughs) once i once i once the characters become apparent as to who they are that's Uh when i can start like putting down the story so it usually takes me and I a long time for the theme to find characters. And then once the characters are found, then I can take off and, and we'll, yeah, usually have a starting point and not necessarily an ending point, but at least a direction because of the situation that the characters. Now off. you said um, this newest one, it took you about two years to, to get the idea on paper. Is that your typical length or is it just this story just didn't pull you in like as fast <laughs> as other ones? Um, I think it, it depends on the story. Um, this okay. one had a lot of moving parts that I knew I wanted to have together, but I wasn't necessarily sure how to fit together um, mm-hmm. from the beginning. So I, I really let it stew a lot longer than other ones. Um, some of my other books, you know, it, it could have been weeks, you know, before right. I, from the idea to when I started writing. And then temptation is, it's a duet. It goes from temptation into absolution, lightning, absolution. Yeah. The lightning lightning crashes. crashes. I knew there was lightning crashes there somewhere. Um, (laughs) Is this your first duet or have you? Yeah, this is my first. I honestly, I haven't read you before, but I'm excited to, to get into (laughs) you after this, but. um... Yeah, no, this is my first duet. I've written um, mostly standalones or series of standalones up to this point this is my first really like two-part story um and it was just something I'd been seeing a lot of them I'd read a few and it was one of those things where I um it was as I was you know pondering these ideas I I was like oh that's gonna be the format for that book and I I was really excited to try it because yeah because I'd never done it before so I've Mm -hmm. um I've never written a cliffhanger before I've never um you know basically basically written two books as the, as if like in my mind, the lightning crashes do it is one project. It's just 
in two pieces. And I think it, that worked, hit the, worked well for the format, um, but it was, yeah, it was more of a personal challenge than necessarily mm -hmm. <laughs> a marketing thing. Cause I think a lot of people think that like, oh, authors just write um, cliffhangers so that they sell more books. And I'm like, mm, maybe, but for me, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can do that. Yeah, like, can I pull it mm -hmm. off more? Yeah. Um, well, and you, so let's talk about, cause you said you were, you, you know, would read a couple of duets. So let's talk about that. You're a reader of romance. Is that like your go-to genre? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many are like, no, I don't really read it that much. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So what cool. was your last five-star read? Ooh. Okay. So, um, I have two because these, because I've been in like this horrible slump since I finished these two books and like, you know, you've got a good couple of books. Um, and the one, and it, the, um, I always have an audio book going and I always, always have like another sort of book going. Um, cause audio is sort of my preferred, um, media, um, just because it works easier for me, but, um, but I always, I like reading a regular book or Kindle or paperback too, but, um, for audiobook, it was, um, red, white, and Royal blue. I just finished that like maybe four weeks ago. And Isn't that, that such a great book. It's so amazing. And it was, I was, I listened to it, the audiobook, And I just like, they, he did such a good job with having all those different accents and everything going all over the place. And I just, Oh, it was amazing. It was beautiful. And so I like, and I haven't been able to listen to another audiobook since. And that's like how I get housework done. <laughs> <laughs> so the housework so, is suffering. <laughs> and so the house is a mess. And I mean, it was just spring break. So the house is really a mess. And so that book is so well done. And actually my daughter's Gunkles, uh, Gunkle David just read it and he listened to the audiobook also. And he was like, I was shocked that that was written by a woman. He's like, I oh, could not woman. believe no. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I didn't know that she was bisexual, but yeah, like he was just like, I, he was in awe at how well yeah. done that book was. Cause I was like, I loved it, but I'm kind of on this kick right now with male, male romances, you know, is it truly an authentic voice writing them or is this middle-aged woman writing Right. Male, male porn for middle-aged women, you know, <laughs> um, it's kind of a sticking point for me these days. Yeah. So, um, when he was like, God, I loved this. I was like, Oh good. I'm glad. Okay. Cause I liked it too. <laughs> yeah. No, it just, it was a beautifully written romance just from start for, start to finish. Like, um, just Alex's like realization of his sexuality, just coming through that and um, just witnessing that in another person was just so beautiful. And I was just like, oh, I haven't ever seen this before. Um, and then, but then also um, just like, oh, the correspondences when they are writing the emails back and forth yes. and the epistolary voices of those. And oh, I was just like, I love you guys too. <laughs> you do Here's fall in love with them. Yeah. I had total mom moments. Like I'm proud of these human beings mm -hmm. and love wins and yep i get it so what was your other five-star read oh it was um frequency of attraction by eve casey it's a um it's a new release it's um yes 
she's an indie author. She's mm-hmm. actually a really good friend of mine. And she just is always so humble. And like every time she puts out a book, it blows me away. <laughs> and and she's just like, eh, it's just this thing. But it's just had- like, it has haunted me. And like the whole series really, cause it's the third book in her all in series. But um, that one in particular, just like really, really stuck with me. And now between those, and I, I finished those about the same time. And now I'm just like, I can't read anymore. You're like book hangover mode. <laughs> we have a couple Patreon members who have read her books and have raved about them. Yeah. Just yeah. talking about how awesome she is. She's, she's on the TBR, but you know, oh, I, we'll get there. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. The TBR um, is never ending. Yeah, no. Constantly being added to. Yes. Yeah. We have a contest with our amongst our Patreons. We'll ask them, what's your current unread number on your Kindle? Which isn't really fair these days, because about a couple weeks ago I dropped a list of a hundred free books for our Patreon members that I had come across. But, and then, but then there was like an author group who four hundred. Four hundred free books. last week. Yeah. last week so everyone's like I, we have one who she's like i downloaded 100 and she's like i only did 116 this time <laughs> and we're like oh okay yeah I don't and count. then they yell at us then they yell at us like <laughs> but they love it oh yeah absolutely yeah i don't count that would just stress me out but i i like i like knowing i have variety whenever i'm mm-hmm. ready yeah right so are you a mood so, reader oh absolutely yeah I can't, I can't make a list and plan it out because then I, I'm just so contrary by nature that I just feel like, I don't want to read that anymore. <laughs> it's, I even have a hard time doing book clubs. Like I'm like, I can do books, clubs and like one book club, but I know I have so many friends who are part of like so many. I'm like, I, I can do one. And even then I'm, <laughs> I get that. Ours is mostly about drinking, so it's fine. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Right. We just really get drunk and then talk to the authors about their book. I mean, we do read the book too, but yeah, but we, we are mostly get drunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're just anyway. coming off of we're just coming off of March's Drunk Book Club. We had author Jiffy Kate, the two of them, came and joined us. They were a hoot and a half. I um, bet I follow them yeah, on it was, TikTok. It was three fun. hours. Three hours later, I'm like, okay, I gotta go to bed, people. <laughs> I'm like four hurricanes in at this point. I have to go oh, to man. bed. So, anyway, um, so what is your um, favorite romantic trope? Ooh, favorite romantic trope. Um, probably like fake relationship. I if you, it's if it says fake relationship, I'm in. You know, I don't even need. I don't need to know anymore. We get that, yes. <laughs> yep. Never written one. Or truly. Hmm. But. There's an idea for one now. <laughs> so many ideas, right? Uh, what trope will you likely never write? And I say this to the woman who's like, wants to write the book that everyone tells her she shouldn't write. I know. Oh, I, um, huh, that I would never but write. But you don't like friends to lovers very much, right? I do like friends to lovers. You do see. I love everybody is you, Becky. I I had it that I thought Marla was on my team about this. I mean, I I love enemies to lovers too. But like you said, you read Betrayal. I consider that a friends to lovers book. Really? I mean, I don't. Yeah. yeah. 
they were friends like, before but but it just were. starts off so spicy that it's a, you don't really need it yeah. i mean <laughs> there was um, some sweating involved in that book <laughs> like, wow anyway like i like that oh pause moments of oh pause hashtag oh pause <laughs> we like to come up with creative new ways to say like orgasm and penis mm-hmm. and vagina to help out all of our listeners and our reader friends so oh right. pause is our oh pause okay it's kid friendly they yeah. won't know what you're saying <laughs> so, you know it's all true so marla you like to write the taboo romances is that kind of i mean like i'd to... say huh go ahead no go ahead um, I mean, I don't say I, I wouldn't put them out as like super taboo. I don't know. There's not like, I feel like taboo almost borders into dark romance and I wouldn't consider mine dark angsty. Yes. But I wouldn't consider them dark, see, but I do I definitely think, play with the forbidden. Yeah. I don't see. And I don't think a taboo is being dark. Um, to me, it's just kind of not just straight contemporary there's something like you said a little bit forbidden about all of your books um because that's that's accurate (laughs) you kind of like to push the envelope a little bit when you're writing like you try to take some extremes Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what inspires that um probably okay so um in I don't know how important it is to know about my background, but it definitely would color how, like it it sheds light on temptation. So I grew up, uh, my dad is a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, And so everything I I got grown up telling everything, being told everything I wanted to do was forbidden. So like. So this is your way of kind of pushing back against the. Right pushing back again and it was it wasn't necessarily just like my parents or anything it was just like the social constructs of the church that Mm -hmm. I grew up in and um you know just the expectations of me as like like when you're a I don't when you're a protestant at least this is my experience when you're a protestant family who's part of the church like you're kind of part of the clergy by extension like yeah mm-hmm. you're I'd agree with that <laughs> and and so like I don't know like I was one of I was the person who got volunteered to just do all of the things and be all the things and there's a just expected to exemplify this and I'm and with a few times I did kick back it was like so embarrassing that there's just like a lot of you know, you sort of just sort of shut down after a while and stop fighting until you have a big mental breakdown and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And you, and, um, and you, and you leave. So I don't recommend going that way. I recommend pushing back <laughs> through the embarrassment, <laughs> no. but, but, um, so yeah, so I, I just sort of notice, I notice a lot of the things that, um, you know, I, I think a lot about like the things that we want that we shouldn't, that we're told we shouldn't want, mm-hmm. despite, um, you know, the fact that it's just us being honest with ourselves. Um, it's kind of like normalizing desire. That's, that's one of the things that draws me into the romance genre 
is normalizing sexuality, norm- normalizing desire, normalizing, you know, your kinks. I push back when people call it smut. I hate that. Oh, yeah. Because, no, it's not. This is embracing your your sexual desires. This is embracing your desire for a relationship. This is embracing your desire to be more than just the status quo. And I think romance gives us kind of almost a map. Permission? Well, yeah, permission to be okay that I want to have orgasms, that I want to have fun when I have sex, that I'm attracted to the person that I am with. Um, So I guess I'm glad that you're pushing back and, you know, and (laughs) maybe it took you until you were an adult and now, you know, you use your stories as a way to kind of be like, you know, push your boundaries out and show your, um, you know, show what you, you know, desire and the way that it's just, I don't know. I think that there's power in romance and that's something that, that's something that pushed me to start the podcast is because I'm tired of people being like, oh, I only read this in the summer because, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. What? Why? (laughs) Read it whenever you want. Doesn't mean you can't read other things too. Right. Um, well, and that's one of the re- one of the reasons where I I really dis like I'd always kind of gravitated towards everything I read or watched. I was like I was all about the love story, but I didn't think that was cool because I had internalized patriarchy so much that I had to pretend that I didn't like the love story, um, mm-hmm. and that that wasn't like the main reason I was showing up. Um, but then you know, post breakdown, I'm like, no, this is where I find healing. So like, this is where I'm going to dive into it. So that's you know, in my early twenties was when I really got into romance um and really like the heroines I saw going after what they wanted like you know feeling fulfilled in their desire or you know just being able to pursue the lives that they wanted and pushing back against the people who were telling them no including the hero you know like those were the things that really kept me going and got me out of like that whole um you know mindset that I was struggling against and didn't know how to articulate yet and really I really found my voice because of romance um and so when I finally was able to start writing again like that was just obviously that's what I was gonna do and it was fun (laughs) it was so much more fun than what the they were trying to make I have a degree in creative writing and they're like must only write literature you cannot write genre fiction and I was like nobody wants to read that anyway I mean there are people that want to read that yeah well but it was almost like you were kept in this box and like mm -hmm. that you are not you're not meant to be in the box exactly there are people that are very comfortable in the box and that's fine with for them but like you're not you don't come across as a person who should be in the box like you're busting through all sides hey hey sure i'll take that thank you (laughs) (laughs) well and that's one of the things that i think romance gives us you know everyone Someone said to me once that doesn't romance give you unrealistic expectations for your own relationship and your own life? And I was like, no, it doesn't. It actually, to me, it reaffirms that when we have our struggles, when we hit the climax part of our story for that section, that it's going to be okay, that it's going to even out and we're going to come back together. You know, no one has a perfect relationship 100% of the time. 
And these romance novels, they show us that. They show us that lack of communication caused problems. You know, lack of um, honesty caused problems. So we, ne I need them to help me have a better relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and that's one of my least favorite criticisms is that it's unrealistic. I'm like, what is unrealistic about like expecting to have an orgasm or multiple orgasms, or what is unrealistic about expecting a partner to communicate with you? Um, what mm -hmm. is unrealistic about expecting to be treated better than, um, you know, dirt, basically. I don't know, like, I don't know what, what it, having expectations about being treated well is a good thing. Um, I think so and I think, holding people up to higher standards is what we should be doing instead of settling for what other people think we should have. Well, I agree. settling I in just... general, like you shouldn't settle. Like if you want something, like even if it seems out of reach, like go for it. I mean, the only yeah. person that's stopping you is you. I mean, do I expect him to buy me flowers for every occasion? Absolutely not. But Maybe the flowers are symbolic of, you know, picking up his underwear. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. It's the little things. It is the little thing. <laughs> Never making me take out the trash. Right? That's why I have children. <laughs> Isn't that why I have children? <laughs> the one has trash duty, the other has recycling. It's kind of the rules. <laughs> I don't have to do it. <laughs> they're teenagers they can do it um yeah they mine can't handle the big like cans yet they're still little so they don't have uh, yeah. those duties yet i have one who's supposed to crush the cans because i drink a lot of like fizzy water he's supposed to crush the cans but he's he's not so good about it and then the other one's still just four and throws his apple cores on the floor well I, you know i would like to crush the cans you get a lot of aggression out with a can crusher <laughs> funny um so do you ever marla do you ever second guess writing these um romances that kind of push the envelope push the boundaries okay so i do not second guess writing them because for me that is that's just a drive that i need to fulfill for myself um publishing them and putting them out for critique and possible like general lampooning yes <laughs> i'm uh i feel I, I get very nervous. Um, I like before the Van Birch incident went out, I was so nervous um, that people were going to clap back on that one. And I haven't gotten too much issue with that one. I did have a few people be like, you shouldn't have rape in a romance. And I was just like, I'm not the first person to do this. I'm the first yeah. person. <laughs> um, but it, and it wasn't on the page. So no. Well, I feel like we've talked to a couple authors recently who said like they really felt like they made it as an author when they had somebody like attacking like their book because like they read it anyway. Like, yeah. And then they had this and it made other people read it. Like, there, people found there, that book because of that negative review and it, it actually helped them in the long uh, run. Colleen Hoover was on TikTok last week and said, she's like, I knew that I had made it as an author, that I could call myself an author when someone gave me a one-star review and said that basically this person didn't know what they were doing. They hated everything about the book, but they were still going to buy the next book or whatever it was. And she's like, at that point, <laughs> I've made it. 
<laughs> so that is yeah that is a good standard like you that. know hey um, yeah no i actually try try to not look at my reviews too closely just because um because because i i i feel like the reviews are for the readers and they're um but you know at the same time i'm an independent author so i do have to do my own promotion so like the good reviews like knowing <laughs> that those exist and using those um to help promote is something else but uh, yeah i try not to look too closely um at them just because just because i'm just like i put so much of myself into this and mm -hmm. i i'm i'm just like it it's better for me just to just kind of like be like you can have as many low star reviews as you want as long as i don't read them um <laughs> but I, i'm sure but, it has to be difficult though but it's the people who contact you that's where it's just like well yeah that's some shit <laughs> i will never understand i can't remember who it was we were talking to and they said they got a di direct message and it might have been actually like when we had chloe lisi on i think she was one that had said she's gotten direct messages from people that said basically what you're writing about is ridiculous nobody would be a selective mute or nobody would have major anxiety and this is not how it manifests oh, itself oh. and she's just like so well thought out they're amazing she's like why would someone message you that and it's like it's just like tagging an author in a bad review mm -hmm. it's okay to have a bad review but don't go tagging them on twitter and instagram and be like you wrote some shit that's just not fair it's right. not kind don't be a dick yeah yes i feel there's just i i feel like a lot of people especially when they review books feel like they have a lot of power um because they're you know laying out their opinion about a, a published work so it, then they are having a moment of importance as well and sometimes people get a little bit caught up in that feeling of importance um they are not going npr to be listening, listening they are to not their npr voice. and then they and so they sometimes get a little bit carried away and uh yeah so but Go also apply for a job at the new york opinions. times people they just want to share them so <laughs> Don't get me started. Reviews, <laughs> I we've been on this kick for a couple of weeks now. I hate the star rating on reviews. I oh, hate yeah. it. It makes me crazy. Because as a book, well, and I work in publishing. So, you know, part of it comes from working in publishing and seeing that side of it. But also um, as a re book reviewer, as a book blogger, I'll read books. I'll take a book, but it might not necessarily be something that's 100% my jam. So when I look at it, I want to say, did I like this book? Yeah, actually, I did like this book. Who would like this book? Like, wh who is the typical reader? So if you like a sweet romance, then you probably would like a Debbie Macomer or a book that's a Hallmark, you know, movie type story. But you and, would not be picking up a Marla Holt. But you wouldn't be picking up a Marla Holt book. And then I like to ask, you know, would you recommend this book? Well, if I knew that this person preferred sweet romance, then I would recommend them that book. But I don't think five, one to five stars give us that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we have a friend. She picks all the books that have one stars. Like if the one star says there's too much sex in this book, that's she the book she's up. picking up. 
those reviews are gold. I'm sorry. I like, I have not gotten one yet as far as I know, but like when like other author friends I know get them, they just celebrate because that like just sells the book for them because, because that's just exactly what some people are looking for. You know, like, yep. oh, don't well, mind if I do. Thing. I, I, I like totally. to look at the one star reviews to see why people don't like it. And there are occasional times where like, I'll see it and there'll be like keywords in there where I'm like, I need to look into this a little bit more. And I, I may or may not go into it, but if it's just like, there's too much sex, there's too much swearing, there's too much this. I'm like, click. Yes, please. <laughs> Party time, those are yeah. like, those are like five stars for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, um, so are you ever tempted to write like a sweeter romance, like a less, cause you're not, I see. And I wouldn't say your romance is dark. It just kind of pushes the envelope, but, I mean, I, I like the word taboo versus forbidden because forbidden to me says a little darker, but do you ever think I'm going to try to write mainstream sweet romance, like rom-com-y you know. even. Well, <laughs> Marley's not writing rom-com. <laughs> so well, I have a running a big gag. Jump. I have a running gag with, um, with my narrator about, um, about me writing a rom-com one day because I always talk about anyway but talk about like the funny parts of my books because she just brings them to life and it's and it's amazing but I'm just like could you imagine trying to do that for a whole book like (laughs) (laughs) um anyway yeah no I think I mean it's difficult to say because I think Ethan and Julia is going to be as close as I ever get to that, which is the book most, if a lot of people start off with when they read my books, which is about a doctor and a midwife. Um, and it's sort of an opposite, opposites attract story, um, but it's still very angsty. I was going to say, you do like the angst. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you write good angst, angst? Um, she, she does write a little bit. No, well, Marla does not write a little angst. Okay, so let's talk about your upcoming release. Um, book one of your Lightning Crashes duet releases on the 23rd, which, so this episode drops on, what is it? The 20th? 21st. 21st. Sun- the Sunday, the 21st. <laughs> so two days later, they can get book one, Temptation. Um so I said, temptation is full of emotional push and pull. There's so much desire and longing in this story. It's a slow burn that you as a reader almost feel the complete anguish with these characters. Um, what compels you to write this kind of story? Because this is just, this one had so much emotion. Okay, so um, mostly... I really wanted to tell this story from two perspectives, just because, um, because Nicholas is, okay, so I, where do I even start on this question? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to throw so much at you. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, So there's the, um, I think it starts from where, a, a lot of it starts from where I was working at the time, and then a lot of the um, sort of inner work I was doing at the time. So I originally had this idea, like in 2017 or 2018, um, 
I think, because because it is the reason why I learned tarot, because Naomi came to me like fully formed. She was the first character. Um, and then I kind of ran everybody through there and I'm like, but I don't know anything about witchcraft or tarot. So like, I guess now I have to learn and I now I love tarot. I use it all the time, but it's uh, it was like my excuse to to get into it um, anyway. So. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of it was based, so like it, the Rachel, who's the heroine, works at a popular bar in, which is a fictional bar based off of a bar I was working at at the time um, in the city. And it has sort of like two faces and it has like, it, it attracts a lot of different clientele and a lot of, you know, it could be part family place, part sports bar, part, you know, it, and um, so she's like witnessing all these different people come in and, um, and, and then you have, and so a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the basis of the story is based off, it's not the people, but based off of the different groups in interact, um, just because it was an eclectic bunch and like, so Nicholas, who's the hero, is a group of like um, on a pastoral staff of this like big church in the area who come in um, as part of like their outreach team. And that's um, that was like a real thing that would happen. And it was just so like people having Bible studies over drinks, like my little Baptist heart was like, you can't do that. <laughs> but even if you're Catholic, that's the only way we do that. <laughs> Right. Um, but so, so that, that was, and this was like a, and Nicholas was part of like a non-denominational church, which is usually fairly close to like that fundamental, like, it, well, he's supposed to be part of like that fundamentalist evangelical sect. And they tend to have closest views to the church I grew up in. Um, but so just sort of like seeing all of that and like thinking about how all these different parts could come together. And I was sort of just coming to the place where I was processing why I left religion behind and why I was interested in, in pursuing tarot and why, you know, you know, why I had made the decisions that I did to like distance myself from all of that. Because I had pushed, like I had come to the point where I had like pushed it all away. Um, but I'd never really like I'd had to move on so hard because I was a single mom with, you know, with a kid who was going to school who had a job who you know, then, you know, I was finally settled enough that I was contemplating all of these different aspects and I wanted, and like, they just kept coming to me in different snippets of these characters who finally settled into reality. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was just a big process. It was just sort of like all these things coming together at just the right time and sort of playing with those emotions of like how expectation pulls on um, the decisions that we make and how these different outside forces, whether they just be social or religious or just family or other people like pull us in directions that feel dishonest to us, but we go where we think we're supposed to go. Um, and then how that can turn back around and have ramifications later that maybe you didn't intend um, once, if you start paying attention to kind of what you actually are feeling and I feel like I feel like almost no matter what there's going to be a point in time where something breaks and you know if you if you don't 
move into if you don't move into it and do what it is that you um you know be true to yourself then that you, you kind of spiral into the other direction of like bitterness and making everybody around you miserable um and so that's sort of that was sort of the theme i was trying to play with and that's why i chose the tarot as sort of a framework for that because the lightning crashes duet comes from the imagery on the tower card which is the lightning crashing the tower or crashing into the tower and it's the the uh, theory behind that is that it destroys the tower bound to its bases because the tower was built on a faulty foundation so it's breaking you down so that you can have to build yourself back up again in an honest authentic way and so that's sort of like what this whole story is kind of leading to and it's a little bit brutal I, i'm not gonna lie it's a little bit brutal to write <laughs> well i can imagine that this i mean because i can tell you i went on a bit of an emotional ride with this story so I am sure, and there were moments that I had to put it down and do something else because it was just emotional. I mean, it, it just kind of breaks you a little bit and you don't, you know, you just have to step away and be like, okay, deep breath, fictional characters, you'll be okay. <laughs> but you want to keep reading because you're so invested in this story and you're so invested in these characters. And that'll something I will say about the books that I've read of yours. Every time I read your characters, I'm invested. Their story is a part of me and I love them. So you do, you do such a great job in your character development. So you should totally take that and own that because you do oh. sister. <laughs> I totally, I feel like, I feel like one of those people who's just like, I'm just writing the incident report. Like I, once I get going, it just sort of, there's no stopping it. So, but thank you so, so much. I, I, I feel, I feel my characters when I'm writing them. So yeah. I, I'm glad that translates well onto the page. I think it does very well. <laughs> so after um, the duet is done, what kind of future projects do you have planned? Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> so I have a couple of things on the back burner. I'm so, I'm, uh, there is, um, Naomi's going to get her own book, which I have already, okay. I've had people asking me about since Haunted Attraction, which is my cute little, I was like my version of a holiday story, which is my haunted house romance. Um, okay. Cause I don't, not a huge fan of Christmas. Christmas is hard. I'm a mom. It's not fun making it's the magic not. happen for other people, you know, but Halloween is fun. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know, and so that's my haunted, that's my little version of a holiday romance. So it's probably the closest to rom con I've ever gotten because just the there's a lot of banter in that book. But um, Naomi is the sister of the heroine in that book as well. Um, and so people have been asking if Naomi was going to get a book since that book. And so yes, Naomi's going to get her book eventually. And then I'm really, really interested to dig into Cat's story but I'm a little bit afraid to do it as well because um, Kat in Temptation is um, Nicholas's wife because um, the hero is married to not the heroine, and, uh, <laughs> which is the taboo part of the story. Right. Um, yeah. And, but anyway, like she has, she, she is not in a good place. She's, um, and I, I definitely, I definitely, it would be like a book that really examined um, purity culture pretty critically um, and sort of how that shaped her 
and her journey um, and gets her to where she is in these books. So that's something I really want to examine. I'm not quite sure what that looks like yet. Cause like I keep getting flashes of like her and her sister as like teenagers, but I don't know how, yeah, I don't know. So that's, that's a back burner idea at this point. But then um, I also have a cowboy story. Well, I love a good cowboy. <laughs> this cowboy is actually based off of one of my earlier books. There's a scene in Read and Write, which is um, part of my Try Again series where the heroine meets a cowboy at a bar. Um, mm -hmm. And and he's just kind of he's just kind of there as a foil for the hero to get her thinking about where she really wants to be. But he was such a popular character with um, some of my friends and uh, with <laughs> um, that they've been like, when is Cowboy Flynn getting a book? Can Cowboy <laughs> Flynn have a book? And I'm like, yeah, maybe Cowboy Flynn can have a book. So I kind of started dabbling with that. But I also am not going to lie, the Lightning Crashes duet, I had such a blast writing it but it also was kind of emotionally exhausting. Um, yeah, I can see that. So might need a break. <laughs> so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of resting and lying low, like as we're doing the, um, as we're doing the uh, launch and release mm -hmm. process for those books. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to work on um, like, Naomi's story and um, Cowboy Flynn off and on. Well, and here. you do know how to dirty talk. So I would imagine that Cowboy Flynn's going to have some dirty talking, which that's our jam. It is our jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many ways. That could be jam. fun. Like lots so of dirty talk. Okay. We're going that in my notes. A dirty talking <laughs> cowboy? Sign me up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make all the girls come running. Um, <laughs> Marla, thank you so much for joining us. We are so grateful to have had you um, give us a little bit of your time and tell us and let us get to know you. I'm excited oh, yeah. to yeah. see all the things that are headed your way. And um, everybody should check out Temptation. It comes out on March 23rd. And you're part of Kindle Unlimited, correct? Yes, Temptation will be in Kindle Unlimited for at least the first three months. Okay, there we go. Everybody, um, check her out. Marla, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that was fun to talk to, to Miss Marla about all of the fun stuff she's got coming up. Yes. So speaking of fun stuff coming up, uh -huh. I don't really have a buzz in romance this week just because I'm a little we, chaotic this week. <laughs> well, we have a, a crazy, crazy week coming up. Like it's right. It's busy. I don't know so what this, we were thinking. Uh, right. This episode drops on March 21st. So on March 20th, we had Happy Hour, our first brunch edition Happy Hour with author Julia Jarrett. Um, mm -hmm. We live streamed over on our YouTube the YouTube channel. The um, YouTube. The YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, crazy week because we have our typical quick shots of romances on Tuesday and Thursday. But uh -huh. then, um, and they're themed. Tuesday's episode will be romantic. Sus suspense. 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 Yes. I couldn't remember if it was military or suspense. And then, um, 
Thursday features our throwback episode. It'll be me and our Duchess of Historical Romance, Katie. Duchess Katie. Katie. Duchess Katie and I are doing a quick shot. So, but then we We have have not not, one. Not one. But three. Three, count them, live events this week. I know. What are we thinking? I, I don't know. We can do it. On the 23rd, we have Mira Lynn Kelly. Right. Um, Dirty Talker, which is a hockey romance. Uh-huh. Hockey. And then the 25th is Shell Sloan. Yep, Isn't football. hers a hockey romance? Oh, football. No, football. Sorry. I'm sorry. Football? I know it was sports. And then the 26th, we are having um, Delta James back. Right. So we just had her earlier in the month of March. But she's releasing, we're going to help her launch her new series. Uh Um, So we kind of hinted a little bit about the novella that she did have. And this is book one in her new series. And so we're going to help her launch that with a live party on the 26th. Again, over on the YouTube. The YouTube. We love the YouTube. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I guess I did have a little bit of a romantic buzz update. Romance Buzz, our 2021 reading challenge. So if you're listening to this right now, you can still join us. We would love to have more people join us. We've now added a once a month check-in, like a virtual meetup with anybody who's doing the reading challenge to kind of bounce ideas off, talk about what the next prompt for the next month is. So March's prompt was a book that takes place in a location that you have never been. So Leah and I read a book that takes place in, um, <laughs> I'm going to say it wrong. Turks. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it wrong. Turks and queso. It's Turks and Caicos. The Caicos, but really it's queso. Um, <laughs> because I'm the worst at words. So um, that was our March read. We read, what did we read? Um, um, it was by Risley Adams. Yeah. It was um, scammed. S- yes, something scammed. Scammed? Love scammed? Love scammed, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I- it's a close proximity... <gasps> Her well, they friend. got like tricked into going on this trip together by her best friend, I'm, and it's I'm a pretty setup. sure it's love love scammed yeah. by Rizley I don't know. Adams. It was very good. I highly recommend it. Was. It. it was, very and I've hot. never been to Turks and Queso, so um, I would like to go. <laughs> I would too. It does like, and they give you like really good descriptions, like how pretty it seems. Like, yeah, I just want to go. Yes, I just want some sand. I just really want a vacation. But April's read is a baseball, baseball. trope. Baseball. Mm-hmm. And so we are gathering a list of baseball books. Um, but again, if you want to be a part of our reading challenge, you can find information to join us. You do not have to be a member of our Patreon to be a part of our reading challenge. You just have to come sign up and join. You don't even really have to sign up. But if you do sign up, we have virtual check-ins and we'll send you the templates to share your reads on social media and all that kind of good stuff. Um, we have a book for Drunk Book Club in April. We do have a book for Drunk Book Club. Took us a minute to get here. Uh-huh. 
there was there was some some ties and then ties on the tiebreaker and then ties on the tiebreaker breaker. It was right. it was a little bit. But so April's pick is Stud in the Stacks by Pippa Grant, and we're having that on April 10th. Right. So you do need to be a member of our Patreon to come to Drunk Book Club. But seriously, all levels of our Patreon include Drunk Book Club. So for as low as $2 a month, you can support the podcast and get to come to Drunk Book Club. And in April, we have a special Drunk Book Club um, with author Lexi Blake. She provided copies of The Dom Who Loved Her to all of our members in our Patreon. So that's like a $4.99 value book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first book in her Masters in Mercenary series. So seriously, if you aren't joining us on Patreon, you are missing some great fun. Yeah, it is. It's a good time. Um, so yeah, come join us. So what are you reading this week? I am reading Absolution by Mary B. Moore. Um, it's uh, her new release that is coming out. Um, and it is a little bit different for her. Um, she typically writes like funny, very funny. And this one is, um, from what she said, it's been a, an act of love or like a, it's taken her a couple years to write this one. So it's, it's been a, but I, I loved it. I, I just enjoy her books. I think she is a fantastic writer and just, I got lost in this book and I loved every second of it. Um, so I'm reading Off Track by Shel Sloan. She, again, is going to be one of our happy hour guests. So I'm reading that book. It is book two in her Nashville Fury series, Off the Record. Football. Or football. football. What did I say? No, you said Nashville Fury, just the team okay. name. But I'm just reiterating it's football. It's football. Okay, because I'm like, shit, did I call it something else? <laughs> um, Off the Record was the first book in that series. But they can be read okay. as standalone. But highly recommend them. She's part of KU. She's hilarious on the TikTok. If you are not on the TikTok, you should totally find her on the TikTok. She does thirst traps. They're so funny. She sits there and drinks her her beverage and, you know, talks about all the hot guys <laughs> in the duet videos. Anyway, it's a good time. Uh, notable upcoming releases. What authors are we spotlighting this week? Okay, so R.S. Gray has a new book coming out on the 18th of March, um, and it's called To Have and to Hate. And then Aurora Rose Reynolds um, is coming out with One More Time, and it is coming out, it releases, I'm saying coming out a lot, I don't know why, (laughs) but it releases on March 23rd. And then Sarah Nay has her newest one called Hard Luck on the 25th so there's there's some good stuff coming out yeah hard luck is a surprise baby it's part of her trophy boyfriend series and Uh i believe it's a baseball one too so i think he's a baseball player or yeah i think they might be baseball well some of them are football players and some of them are baseball players no but i'm thinking he he specifically can't think of his name off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure it's baseball so right um Okay, so I have Dirty Talker by Marilyn Kelly on March 22nd, Off Track by Shell Sloan on March 23rd, Uncourt by Delta James on March 25th, and Wicked and True by Shayla Black. This is big, 
Bic 2. This is book two in the Wicked and Devoted duet. And that comes out March 23rd. It is a cliffhanger. It is book two of a cliffhanger. Typically, Shayla Black does not write super slow burn romances. Like, she brings the sexy when she comes. Oh, this is the one you were very upset about because there was no sexy at all in the book, wasn't there? Book one had no sexy. So now book two, I have not gotten to it yet. I will get to it probably tomorrow or the day after. Maybe it has all the sexy. It needs to bring all the sexy is all I'm talking about. So anyway, tell everyone what we're talking about next time. So we are hanging out and chatting with Jack and Jacinda Wilder. Um, We are going to find out what it is like to write romance with your spouse, a writing partner who is always there. Yeah. I don't know how that can work. Like if we you start fighting over like <laughs> story <your> manuscript like, <laughs> like, no he doesn't do that throw the pottery <laughs> i don't know i'm just curious how that's gonna go i don't know uh, i have all the questions for them anyway this was buzzing about romance thanks everyone for joining us bye everybody time. find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.